Hello everyone, our guest today is Ruvange Fernando. She is currently pursuing her PhD from Victoria University in Melbourne and has previously been an international student in the UK studying for master's degree in strategic IT management from the University of Wolverhampton. And she has also studied master's degree in HRM from the University of Colombo, Sri Lanka. She's strongly passionate about women empowerment and will talk to us about how she started STEM Sisters and share her story from Sri Lanka to Australia. So if you're keen to start an initiative or plan to pursue your PhD, please continue in listening as she has wonderful tips for you. Thank you, Rivangi, for joining me today. Thank you very much for the invite. Um, I'll just start off with asking you that you were working full-time after completing your master's. Um, so talk me through the process at what made you apply for your PhD. Yeah, um, if you see, like, in my career, I've never continued uh, studying one after the other. I always had kind of breaks. And then for my master's, once I do that, like I kind of study based on the need that I feel, like, to engage with my role and my duties. So once I finished my master's, I was full-time employed. I've been an academic. So I kind of came to the time that I feel like, okay, I need to take the next step. I need to be more educated in order to pursue my career further and to may do a proper justice for the things that I do. So that's where I kind of, um, uh, you know, pursue, uh, wanted. And I also wanted that to be in a different country because I felt like uh, academically it would be lovely to get the exposure from a different mm-hmm. teaching system, different country, different style of learning and teaching. So that's one of the reasons why I, why I picked Australia. And um, also because though I'm from IT, um, because I'm an academic, I didn't have that same um, rigor or, of uh, working with the industry. Also, therefore, the newest uh, technologies which comes through, uh, you know, IT, which was machine learning at that, you know, and this time, which I often come through that in masters. So I felt um, it would be good that I can brush up my knowledge on that. So that's where I start pursuing my PhD in that kind of line of study. That's, um, that's really, you know, Rivangi, and um, that kind of segues into my second question that I have for you, which is um, that pursuing any higher education degree, be it master's or PhD, is quite a commitment. And um, so do you have any tips for any prospective students who might be looking at applying for PhD program after COVID-19 situation is behind us? Yeah, I think uh, these kind of, um, first thing, like, especially COVID-19, I think these kind of times are the best time to study, I think, in general, because everything is unsettled. And then what you can push is your, what you what you can struggle to push your boundaries. So I think studying or educating yourself is one of them, what you can do, definitely. And in terms of getting into studies, um, uh, of course, master's is kind of two-year commitment phd goes up to like four years commitment which is a very long time i understand and specifically um when you wanted to make that after you know being full-time employed and you know come to a certain age of your life whether you're going to commit for four years is it's a long time but 
I think to be successful, you need to find something that you're passionate about, like anything in life. So unless that you're really passionate about your topic, it would be a hard journey. Because PhD is somewhat very unique because it's kind of your own work. Of course, you would find you will work with a supervisor, but it's your job. And so therefore, to keep you motivated, you really need your passion. So I, the best advice is it's a commitment. Come, It's kind of a journey. So there are things that you can do with your PhD, of course, but uh, definitely you need the passion to, you know, to see the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It is a hundred percent very strong commitment that is required um, to be able to see it from the start till the end. Um, so do you, are you studying your PhD online at the moment, given the current scenario that we're in and how are you coping with studying online at the moment? Yeah, PhD, we have like, you know, because we don't have like courses or anything as such. Therefore, uh, it's just... We do have meetings with our supervisors. So that has converted to online now because we used to have face-to-face meetings. So that's online. Plus, uh, there are some university provides some um, training resources. You know, uh, we we used to have like times that we block in our calendar, sit and write as a group. So we try to replicate that online. So, and there are some trainings, um, you know, thinking about, how to improve further your quality or about where to publish, do proper, you know, literature reviews. So likewise, universities usually, which whatever the workshops that they used to offer uh, face-to-face, now they have converted that into online. So that medium is there. But apart from that, the project is unique. So for me, because I'm using compute, like, you know, it's a machine learning, like, you know, it's something to do with computers. I don't need physically a laboratory. So I can continue my PhD, but there are a lot who is struggling, specifically in the STEM domain, who needs laboratory accesses and because they may be working on mice or whatever, whatever, which they're really struggling because they can't do their research, continue their research from home. So, and some, it's about, you know, even it's not a lab, it's some other space that they need to go and visit, mm-hmm. see changes, you know, st- those kind of research, is it's struggling. But I don't have that problem, so I don't have an excuse, but to continue, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but it's good to say, it's, it's good to see when you said that um, any face-to-face contact that used to occur before the situation that has now been replicated online in that scenario, and you're still able to continue on with your um, journey in PhD. And I think that a lot of students who might be overseas and were planning to study and come to Australia or any other country for studying the PhD, it might be a good way to even start or think, start thinking about whether they can start start uh, the PhD in their home country um, itself online if possible if there is no such requirement to be in the laboratory or um, be in that physical space because yeah, um, yeah. as we can, yeah, as we can um, tell that it is it can happen online so and hmm. I have seen a lot of universities that are offering online PhDs even before this so that could be you know, still an option for a lot of people out there yes yeah so if you are um, working on like secondary data sets or something like that, that means uh, you don't need to, you know, personally collect. So those kind of things, there are options, you know, you can be creative and think of like 
like you know to solve like what we are trying to do is uh, we have a question and we are trying to find an answer so maybe we thought of an answer before covid maybe now you have to rethink about the answer and the way you way you try to you know design your methodology mm-hmm. you may need to think on a different avenue to answer the question yeah. so yeah that's what you need to do yeah um i just got to ask you this because you have recently founded stem sisters and um and i've been following your journey for quite a while now um so what really sparked your interest in stem in the first place in pursuing that and also pursuing that career path down the track yeah so for me i think um i always loved mathematics in school that's something that i loved and from that i did um, again for like in you know, a mathematics stream for my um, a levels and then when i went to uni in as in terms of an option computers were kind of you know coming up uh, though i say mathematics i don't like the physics and the laboratory stuff is not what i was passionate about so computers was really you know was an interest to me and it was kind of the somewhat early stage in uh, you know not that early early but uh, somewhat it's getting popular and they're coming to into general um, domestic homes that kind of era so i kind of fascinated that i think that's where my stem relationship kind of started and my father was an engineer and i saw that too so um that gives me gives me the passion to enter into stem in 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 specifically in the technology domain and i like how in technology things are changing and then we've kind of tried to solve you know problems even in any kind of discipline uh, try to make things efficient effective and so that's what i kind of was passionate about and uh, so because my career was more into academic i kind of wanted to share what i know with others so not necessarily be so techy and be in the industry but try to share my passion with mm-hmm. others yes um i'm um really hearing the word passion because i can definitely tell that you are really passionate about stem and not just you pursued a phd like any other student but you also founded stem sisters which was um combining your passion about women empowerment as well as stem so how did you come up with that idea and how has it been how has the journey been so far for you in that yeah. uh, so actually that? when back in sri lanka you know um, because it's it's a developing country so we um that first low women you know you pursuing this kind of career specifically what i saw is not necessary rest of the stem but specifically even it domain so my my i always encouraged um you know my class when i see girls i wanted to make sure that they kind of equally because some you know girls just come because they wanted to get educated wanted to get a degree not necessarily pursue a career so i kind of want them to have an internship equally as the you know my male students so i kind of always had that dream because i felt like you know women need like this, it's a simple logic it's not about women i see what we do mostly through stem is to provide solutions to the society so we need to represent so if only males are there and society is only 50% male 
and then if we come up with a solution that needs to be you know used by the mass society if it's only developed by men you're you're just not delivering the you know the rest of the 50% expectations so it's just something like that we just need to make sure specifically in stem because we create new things we innovate things for the society to make sure that we have equal representation of the society so yes. that's kind of my drive uh you know so whatever the society that you are in yeah you know one day if there is 75% male and 25% female then that should be the proportion it should be so whatever we see the society because we need to see everyone's needs on from their lenses so we can't do it by being the other party so that's kind of actually my need so therefore i wanted to pursue things in sri lanka and uh, in a very small way but when i came here i actually expected things to be different because australia being a developed country but seeing the information statistics i was just so surprised but what was different in australia compared to sri lanka is that um here you have a lot of support like you know everyone is trying to increase right government is supporting there are a lot of organization who talks about this and wanted to make change coming up with a lot of programs even from early childhood to schools to all this and that they're trying to make the change so i felt it's it's a wonderful platform and opportunity to be in because you have like you know all this support available it's just that you need to come but here i saw a unique problem because australia is a country of migrants and um, it's not just about women in stem because there are a lot of talent being absorbed by all these um, other countries to brought here just so that they can be part of their economy they can be part of their innovation but unfortunately they are not in the proper places you know they're not like you know they they are they are stem qualified but not necessarily they're working in stem so i felt my my initiative has to be more intersectionalized to women of color in stem so because we represent a larger proportion so we should also be you know in the spectrum you know we should have that equal representation of the society within that such organizations 100%. Um that's very well said and I was attending this uh, forum day before yesterday about women of color and um someone just said that you know there is a lot of gender stereotyping and especially in the leadership roles they said female leader something like that why can't just women be a leader and um why do we have to segregate between male leader or female leader um it can be just one leader itself and i think um you are doing an incredible work in stem especially when we see not a lot of women representation in that field to start with and then also um women of color they need a representation and you're doing a beautiful job in um uh, bringing them and giving uh, representing them and giving them a voice through your platform thank you because i what we they need to see is that the population is increasing so it just mm-hmm. no point bringing them here because you need the talent unless that they you do something to create opportunity awareness of opportunities and giving them opportunities is it's equally important 
Hundred um, percent. So you recently started uh, STEM Sisters LinkedIn group as well. So can you talk us through um, about it and also who can join the group for our listeners who might be wanting, who might be interested in joining it? Yeah. So that's actually one of the one, we have few, few things we have you know currently doing done in the past. So um, mm-hmm. because one of the things is we need to make sure you now we are saying all the time, okay. We have less opportunities. We need to represent women over there and we need to give them the opportunity. So now what we can do is because a lot of internationals, because they don't have, prop, they, they haven't could properly network themselves, they don't see the opportunities. So have yeah. less awareness about the opportunities as to compare to someone else, right? So they can't apply if they don't know the, they will not apply. So what we are trying to do with the Sam Sisters LinkedIn group is to share these kind of opportunities. So there are opportunities related to jobs, opportunities related to PhD research, opportunity for like scholarship opportunities, either some competition opportunities, grants, these kind of things, specifically in STEM domain, because that's our focus. So these kind of opportunities being shared in, um, because I, I have kind of, you know, try to, to pursue my career. I have made some good links. So from them, I, I can see these opportunities being shared. So when I see that, I'll put it to the group. As similarly, any group member can share opportunities in the group as well. So we kind of yeah. share to make the awareness because I think that's the first thing that we need to, you know, start doing. Hmm. Yep, and I'm just looking at the the group now, and I can see this wonderful opportunities that you have shared by um, sharing the uh, the scholarship opportunities and any personal development things that are happening around is also um, and also social awareness of some of the issues. So it is such a great group to be um, that anyone. If, if they're interested about such things, they can definitely join that group. It's it's highly recommended. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, wow, I need to get onto it and um, take some action. It's it's very pumping. Um, so do you have any other events or do you have any other activities that you're planning in the next coming months or anything planned for STEM Sisters? Yeah, so uh, we actually, uh, at the early stage of the corona, um, like, you know, March, April, we joined up with another, another professional migrant group and then we sh- uh, joined with them and did some activities, some, uh, you know, yoga classes, some meditation classes and things like that. So that we just finished them because we did it for almost like two months. So that's completed, but we are thinking, and we are, we were like, you know, if it was going normal, we were hoping to start uh, the mentoring program back again, but we have set a small pause uh, because, you know, it's not the right time because we can't like meet them physically. It's just not so effective when it's completely online. So um, that's what uh, we are, we are trying to think creative. We actually applied for some other partnership so we are waiting for some response just to do something fun because we represent the international student community largely in terms of the young generation of our stem sisters like apart from the permanent migrants who have recently but the most most people in the group are international students so they are actually struggling at this time so we're trying to give some sort of a support and some sort of um, you know 
sharing kind of a culture, just fun, something to do, you know, to get get together and have some fun time. So that's what we are trying to work on based on the scenario, because it's not generally our move, but with COVID, we need to look after their, you know, her mental health or you know yeah something like that so we are tra- planning on something so um we're trying to work with some other party to make something happen so that's in the cards yeah. for the future uh and if things get back to normal definitely we'll run the mentoring program this year as well yeah that's very exciting and um one of the things that stood out to me was mental health awareness and taking care of one another at this point um, and before we started this uh, recording, you were talking about the online courses that you had taken in the past. So what other activities would you recommend for international students to make uh, the most of their time uh, during this situation or even otherwise? What are some of the other extracurricular activities that you would recommend? Um, I think, um, they, like, you know, because I should be, I cannot be very specific on my domain of uh, study and the area, even for if, even for a STEM audience, because they come from all different backgrounds. So commonly, I can say um, everyone should be really involved with LinkedIn. That's 100% because the way things going forward we though we like it or not we will be towards more online working studying living everything right so it's better to have those networks and uh, create those networks so if someone can take some time and really get a new get get to know a new set of audience or a new set of network which is relevant for your career specifically that's what like whatever you're passionate about and what you wanted to do if you can get that started i think it would be a wonderful time because a lot of people are online so it's it's easy compared to when people were busy doing you know a um, lot of office work because people are everyone is everything is online at the moment so people are very engaged on linkedin as well so it will be a very good time and um, and i think is uh, for any anyone any student specifically think creatively think about the new set of skills that you can learn so uh, whatever it is um, um, it can be something into data science i'm not saying about you need to get involved with programming all this and that but in terms of uh, uh, sh- like you know learning a new skill uh, which can help you to to express what you have already the current skills that you have so something like that would definitely be helpful just to engage um, and get in get a new skill set your linkedin profile well participate in relevant conversations about your um, area there are a lot of people coming up with so much of webinars so certain aspects which you felt like you know um was hard to get into or because those seminars were happening far away now everything is online so there is no excuse so i think because any situation there is two sides there is a positive and a negative side of course we see the all the negative but there are some positives mm-hmm. as well so take them into account and work on them so you'll by and you know by end of theirs you'll be have something that you can you know 
share and used for your advantage. Yeah, I I, I think um, one of the things that really stood out to me was LinkedIn because I know that um, a lot of times when we are in networking events, um, some of the friends or colleagues that I know, they say networking events, you know, we find it a bit overwhelming or um, a lot of times we meet people, but they haven't responded or uh, we don't know how to follow up and all. But if you connect people across uh, different demographics and not just from your city but also from different domains or different countries or different cities that you obviously expand your network a bit more and if um, and also because of the situation that we're in right now everyone is a bit more receptive of the online um, mode of communication so it has definitely shifted the way in which people perceive networking as a whole uh, from that in-person to a bit more online and a more robust way of communicating yeah. with each other. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and also some of the courses, some of the websites that might be helpful are lynda.com that is again offered by LinkedIn or um, a lot of MOOCs are there, like which is massive open online courses um, such as Coursera or edX who are offering free courses um, mm. that might be helpful. For different, yeah, a lot um, of universities online. even they have opened up their libraries for free access. Uh, so yeah. a lot of people have come forward, uh, you know, in terms of supporting during this time because to you know mm-hmm. if if people want to use uh, and to be educated or gain a new skill, a lot of organizations have done their part to you know make it available. So yeah, you, you can quite use those resources to learn something new that's great um thank you for joining me today everyone it was such a pleasant conversation i've had uh, with you after so long time and um and thank you for inspiring the audience as well and i wish you all the best um with your endeavors of stem sisters well thank you very much i really valued the opportunity and i hope um hope that what you pursue doing your mission will be more and more successful and because communicating it's very important that people share their experience so that people can you know learn from it and then find easy ways or get into proper networks so what you do is admirable so thank you for making me be part of it thank you that's great